Welcome in, folks, to a bonus episode of the G Meeker MMA Show. We did record an episode of the podcast earlier, episode 175. This is the bonus content. We just got done watching the fights. Fortaleza, UFC in Fortaleza, Fortaleza, Brazil. They returned. Wow. What performances from all fighters on that card? There was nothing but absolutely stunning performances. And actually, after I recorded the episode earlier, I didn't think I was going to do another one. But this is more of a post-fight, you know, show, kind of a reactions. Oh, my gosh, this is all fresh in my mind. It was an excellent card. I watched each and every one of the main card fights. Fantastic performances. You know, Charles Oliveira with the... With uh, with a win, you know, after getting poked in the eye a couple times, it was a little upsetting to watch. But he gets it done against David Tamer. A fantastic submissions. I think it was yeah, it was submission. Fantastic submission for him. Damian Maya turns back the clock, defeats the always dangerous lineman good by rear naked choke submission. The human backpack returns to his winning ways in his home country of Brazil. Congrats to Damian Maya. Jose Aldo returns yet again back in the win column for the second time in a row, defeating Hanato Moencano by second round TKO. And here we go. The best one. The most impressive performance of the entire night. Something a lot of people, even myself, wasn't expecting. Marlon Marias. Magic Marlon Marias getting it done against Rafael Asuncao. Those first two pun- nasty punches he landed. Second one, he dropped uh, a Sunsau. I think it was a straight or it was a left hand or a right hand or something. He dropped it on a Sunsau. Uh, Sunsau covered up, you know, and he, you know, he, you know, he jumps on him, you know, he, he's in his guard eventually to the point where he didn't let mounted guillotine choke like Anthony Pettis did to Gilbert Melendez. It kind of reminded me of it. So, like, it was reminiscent to Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez fight, but, you know, he had. He had dropped a sunset earlier with, with punches, and then he, you know, followed up with a beautiful guillotine choke, you know, cementing his status as the number one contender. There's no other way. There's no other fights for him. There's no other person for him to fight at 135 pounds unless it's for a belt, unless his name is TJ Dillashaw. So Mar- Magic Marlon Marais defeats Rafael Sunsau in their rematch. What a performance. This whole main card was absolutely stunning, so I really enjoyed it. Um... Let's start. You know, Max Griffin versus Tiago Alves put on a, a fight of the night performance. Um, Johnny Walker's huge star, 205 pounds. Where will he go from here? Where all the winners go? That's what we're going to do here. That's what we're going to do right now. We're excited. I can't wait. Thank you all for joining us. We are available, like I always said, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you know the drill, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Like us, review, share. Spread the word. Tell everybody. Tell your ex-girlfriends. Tell your tell your side bitches. Tell your, your besties. Tell your fight fans. Tell your brother. Tell your mother. Let's get it on, ladies and gentlemen. This is a, I'm excited. That main card got me fired up. So let's start off with Charles Oliveira versus David Tamer. So that was that was, you know, it it was a it was a, a weird fight to start off because he got poked in the eye. And then the referee takes away uh a point for David Tamer from David Tamer for uh for the, the eye pokes, and, you know, the doctor was in there, you know, I was kind of nervous at first, you know, I thought maybe that would have to, because, uh, you know, it started off with that kick, and then he threw the, he put his hands in his face right afterwards, so, I mean, Charles Oliveira is, goodness, man, he's, he's winning finish after finish after finish, and he looked fantastic, he still found a way to win, thank God that fight didn't get stopped, um, he looked fantastic, he defeated, 
David Tamer by submission at 55 seconds in the second round. So, you know, Oliveira looks good, man. He, he came off of a win over Jim Miller in his last fight, also submitted Jim Miller. So, I mean, let, let, we got to take a look at his resume. I'm gonna pull, let me pull it up. It is fantastic, fantastic performances. Um, I think I think this guy definitely is up there. You know, if he's really reeling the gun for a world title shot, I think he's on his way because, you know, he's finishing everybody, man. If you look at his, his resume, you look at his last win. Before that, Jim Miller, rear naked choke. Christos Giagos, rear naked choke. Um, before that, he fought Clay Guida, guillotine choke, he won. Um, before that, and he lost to Paul Felder by TKO. But then Will Brooks, he defeated him by submission, rear naked choke. But, you know, as of late, he is riding a four-fight win streak. And he looks to make it five later on this year because I'm pretty sure he wants to stay busy. He's returned to lightweight. He looked good. Um... You know, and he's held the records. You know, he's broken the records for the most submission wins in history. 13 wins. 13 wins by submission for one Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Um, where does he go from here? What's he, what's his rank? I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what ranking what ranking system he's at. If he chooses to fight, or what rank he's in, excuse me, if he chooses to stay at 155 pounds where he's excelling, or he can go back down to 145. I personally don't recommend him to go down to 145 because it's diminishing his body. He has had really good performances down at 145 pounds, but I do feel that a, a, a fight, or two or more at 155 pounds would be better. I mean, I don't know what he's trying to do. If he's trying to gun for the world title and just get some good fights in, you know, he's looking good. He's beating quality opponents. So uh, I think he fits up there with some of the best in the world. So where we could, where could he go next? We can pull up a list of opponents because uh, Charles Oliveira definitely did deserve a top 10, top five opponent after that, after that performance. I mean, it's like he gets a hold of you and, and, and you can't get out. I was surprised Tamer got out of that leg lock position early on. I mean, t I mean Tamer's no joke as well. He, he puts pressure on a lot of people, and he, he's a very talented, very aggressive uh, striker with huge underrated knockout power. So, you know, I always thought Tamer, if Tamer, if uh, Tamer did crack him and hurt him once, one of those times, and then that's when Tamer got into his guard, and I was like, oh, he's in his guard. And then, you know, he. Tamer had one shining moment, and he, that, was, that punch where he landed and he cracked him. Um, let me pull up the UFC lightweight rankings. If you see, we're kind of going in a little, um, kind of like, not in a hurry. We're just on a roll. We, we're putting so much content out there. I'm excited about it. Okay. Um, the division rankings. Okay. Courtesy of ESPN.com. Okay, number one lightweight, obviously, is Khabib Nurmagomedov, world champion. Um, number two is Tony Ferguson. Number three is Conor McGregor. Uh, what the hell? I don't know. What the hell? These, they, never mind. These aren't updated at all. They're not updated at all. I still have Eddie Alvarez in there and stuff. I was about to read them off. Like, all right, let's see. Athlete athlete rankings. Um, let's see. I want to see what the hell what are these things? Um Let me see. I wanna see five there's five hundred and seventy athletes in the UFC. I'm trying to see. 
what the ranks are. I'm trying to look at the lightweight rankings. I think we had this problem last time. I'm trying to think of who potentially could Oliveira face in his next fight. I mean, he looked good. He just beat uh, David Tamer. I mean, that's not really a top quality opponent, in my opinion. You know, but now I think with his performance, it doesn't matter. It's one of those times where it doesn't matter. Get this guy a ranked fight next. Who could he fight next? Is there anybody at 155 pounds that isn't booked that would want to fight Charles Oliveira? He want, I think he said he wants a quick turnaround, too. So I think it's perfect for him. Um, yeah, I, I, there's nobody that comes to mind um, at the moment and stuff. But, you know, I do think it's a top 10 worthy opponent, you know, because I can't look at the rankings. I don't know why. Um I don't know why I'm sure I'm really trying. I'm trying to see what the fuck. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any updated rankings. I don't know why ESPN doesn't have updated rankings. But yeah, Charles Oliveira gets the job done. He defeats David Tamer by submission. Another submission victory, which was absolutely outstanding, was the Damian Maya versus Lyman Good fight. I thought Lyman Good was a very dangerous opponent. I mean, if you look at Lyman's last fight against Ben Saunders, those those clinch those those punches from the clinch, he definitely you know he, he starched uh, Ben Saunders from the clinch, and you know he he put the beating on him. He's aggressive. You look how massive and how thick and how powerful Lyman Good is. Definitely is a huge star. It's just when you're going up against Damian Maya in Brazil, it's not going to be easy task. I mean, Damian Maya, I feel like he needed this win more than anything and you know to do it on home soil has got to be good for him you know at 41 years of age he's still getting the damn thing done Damian Maya by submission congratulations ah here we are UFC lightweight rankings going back track real quick just really quickly ladies and gentlemen um so number one is obviously Conor McGregor oh wow they have Conor ranked over Tony obviously the champion Habib Nurmagomedov Tony Ferguson, number two. Dustin Poirier, number three. Ally Quinta, number four. Kevin Lee, number five. Edson Barbosa, number six. Justin Gaethje, number seven. Pettis, number eight. Cerrone, nine. Alexander Hernandez is number 10. Uh, Benil Darius, 11. 12 is Vic Hooker. Guy Hooker, obviously. Uh, and then Paul Felder, who has a win over Charles Oliveira. And Charles Oliveira is actually number ranked 16 at lightweight. He should that should change within, you know, probably like probably on Monday, probably for sure. I think he will. Um Charles Oliveira versus, you know, he's already fought Anthony Pettis. Uh Kevin Lee. Has Kevin Lee got anything booked? I mean, Kevin Lee would be a quality opponent. Tell me why I was thinking of that. Before before I before I even looked up at the looked up at the ranks. Why did I think Kevin Lee was a quality opponent? I mean, Kevin Lee has fantastic grappling, fantastic submissions. May not be as good and talented as Charles Oliveira in the grappling world and the grappling scene, but he does have some slick submissions of his own. And he is very strong and he you know he's a great wrestler too. You know. Uh very dangerous fight. Uh very fun fight. Very interesting fight. I'd like to see that. So I think I could pencil that one in. Oliveira versus Lee. That would be a good fight. I think that could be something to make in the near future if they choose to go that route. If not, there can be plenty of other matchups, fresh matchups for him. 
Moving on to Damian Maya. Damian Maya, really quick versus Lyman Dillexa. Beautiful submission victory. Um, I don't know who could be next for Damian Maya. You know, it's it's at like the point where you know he's he's older, and you know they're going to be feeding him these young hungry lions, and yet he continues to turn back the clock. So I don't know if this is supposed to be a crossroads fight to really see where Damian was at, but he did definitely put on the performance of his of his life, and you know once again turn back the clock, utilize a beautiful submission victory. So congrats to Maya. I don't know who he should fight next. I'm just happy to see him get a win. Um. I mean, the welterweight rankings is pretty, uh, you know, where does he, where does he, where does he fall in the rankings? I mean, it's, I don't want to go without giving a, an absolute answer for who, who he should potentially fight next. I think it would be interesting to think about who he could fight next. And that's why we're doing this so we can talk about these things. Yeah, I really like that we're putting this out there. That was pretty fucking awesome. All right. Um, UFC welterweight rankings. Uh, let's see. This is a good website. RankingMMA.com slash UFC rankings. For anybody that wants to go and visit this. Has the most updated shit. Um, okay, so Damian Maya is number seven. In the UFC welterweight rankings ahead of him is Stephen Thompson, who's booked against uh, Anthony Pettis on ESP UFC on ESPN six March twenty third of this year. Robbie Lawler ahead of him, who fights Ben Askren on March second, January first. Yeah, Mar- yeah, March second. Um, Rafael dos Anjos. Currently doesn't have a fight. Um, I think it's rumored that he's going to be fighting Ponzinibbio or something. Or Ponzinibbio is, uh, you know, he wants that fight, and they're they're in the scuffle with uh, potentially getting that fight. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But right now, as of late, Dos Anjos doesn't have an opponent. And if Maya wants to continue to work his way up the ladder, I don't know if that's his plan. There's a cup. There's no one really up there. I mean, Usman's fighting Woodley, Colby Covington. He's already fought. Colby's beating him. So really, there's nobody in the top 10 to fight for him. I mean, he's already beaten Masvidal. Um, I mean, Ponzinibbio, I don't know what Ponzinibbio's doing right now. Leon Edwards is booked. Magny's booked. He's already fought Magny, too, I think. And Gunnar Nelson, he's beaten. He's beaten a lot of guys, man. He's beating Carlos Condit, who's number 15. Ooh. When his, his UFC record's 7-9, geez. Dong Young Kim, he's beaten. Um... Gunnar Nelson is beating Neil Magny. He's beating Masvidal. He's beating. I mean, Damian Maya's fought a who's who, so it really wouldn't surprise me who the. I mean, it's probably going to be somebody outside of the top ten because it doesn't. It makes sense. I mean, he still looks good. He's still doing the damn thing. He's been fighting some seasoned fighters, some real good fighters, and you know, he's paid the price for it with his losses. You know, the fight, I think it wasn't like he lost. He fought Tyron Woodley, then he fought Colby Covington, and then he fought Kamara Usman after that. And it wasn't a good night for him. So um yeah, for Damian Maya, he looked fantastic. So I'm happy for him. Um let's get on a couple few like pounds heavier. Maybe like uh, I don't know, from 170 to 205 pounds. In the 205-pound division, light heavyweight, baby. We're getting stacked. It's getting stacked. Johnny Walker with his knockout over uh, 
uh, Justin Ledet, the man who leaves the earth is flat. I mean, when I seen that interview, dude, I was like, are you okay, man? This guy, he sounded so confident, too. It's like, this dude is, this, I always thought he was a weirdo. Like, he's weird, man. He's kind of an unusual kind of guy. Um, Big ass dude for 205 pounds, though, for sure. Johnny Walker is too. So I mean, Walker looked excellent in his last fight too, which was his first fight officially in the UFC. He did fight on the Contender Series, but now he he had a date with Roundtree, delivered spectacular fashion, a knockout with it uh, uh, in the clinch off an elbow, and he starched Cleo Roundtree with that one. He comes in, he starches Justin Ledet, and this guy's a showman. I mean, if you've seen all that explicit dancing he was doing on the referee earlier, well, as the referee was checking, you know, how they, you know, they check their body, they make sure you don't have any, anything dangerous before you go in the cage, and he did all that stuff, so... I mean, Johnny Walker's a character for sure. Like, this guy's very entertaining, a huge, huge uh, prospect in the 205-pound division. So the role on the whole next big thing, I can't currently say that or vouch for that just yet because it's quality of opponents. Now, Roundtree, I can get it. Um, Ledette, he's, he, I don't think he's anywhere near the top 15. So, I mean, I'd like to see him against a top quality opponent. If you really want to do that and put him in top 15 or, or give him a top five fight and really push him to the brink, I think it, a fight with Jimmy Manuel would make the most sense. Maybe, or maybe someone else, or Glover Teixeira or something, or some someone with, uh, with a, a fun style. This makes a style versus style. This guy's a fantastic striker. He's long. He's rangy. He creates a lot of problems. He has knockout power. He's finishing dudes in spectacular fashion left and right. So the future is bright for one Johnny Walker. I mean, what a name that is, too. He's a superstar for sure. For sure, the biggest star out of Brazil for the 205-pound division. I mean, he's an entertaining guy. He's a great fighter on top of that. He's very reckless. He takes a lot of chances. And he's an overall fun guy to watch. So what's next for him? I don't know. I mean, the top the top 10 of the light heavyweight division is actually very um, it's very stacked. We got we got some serious talent in that division. I mean, we got um, uh, we got uh, what is it? We got obviously uh, Anthony Smith, who's fighting for the world title now. Um, obviously Jimmy Manuel, Tiago Santos, Corey Anderson, Olden Saint Pru, um, John. Obviously, John's John Jones. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me pull up the ranks. Golver Teixeira looked good. Um, let me see. Let me just pull up. Courtesy of rankingmma.com. Okay, John Jones, number one, number number, obviously the champion. Gus Alexander Gustafson is the number one contender. Anthony Smith, number two. Tiago Santos, number three. There's Volkan Ostemir, Jan Vlahovic, Jimmy Manuel, Corey Anderson, Glover Teixeira, Lear Latifi, Dominic Reyes, Olven Saint Pru, Shogun, Misha Serkinov. Antonio Rogerio Noguera, Patrick Cummins, Nikita Krylov. And that's like Nikita Krylov's number 16. So, I mean, I, I listed a lot of stuff. So, Noguera, um, was, you know, there's a lot of fun fights for him. I mean, if he really wants to get into in there with the best of the best, then I think a fight with, you know, maybe a fight with the Lear Latifi or something. Really, uh, Latifi versus Walker, Walker versus... I mean, if you really want to make fights, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of one, uh, a big fight for him. Uh, maybe a Corey Anderson or something like that. Corey's looked good as of late. I know he's waiting for a title shot. Um, I don't know where the will he, where Walker will be in the ranks or if he will even be ranked. 
but he did look fantastic and he has had two good performances back to back. So I'm curious to see what the UFC is going to do with one Johnny Walker. Now let's get on to the featherweight ranks. Jose Aldo versus Hanatoy. Hanatoy? Hanatoy? Hanato, excuse me. I keep saying Hanatoy. Hanato Moinkano. Um, it was kind of a slow start. The fight was kind of slow at first. Um, and, you know, it took them a while to fill fill out process, you know, filling out process. Um, you know, we did see a couple of vintage Jose Aldo leg kicks, but it wasn't like the vintage Jose Aldo we're used to. Um, I mean, obviously, Aldo is more patient and he was a, a little bit less reckless than he usually is. I mean, Moicano is a big guy. He's a strong, powerful dude. Definitely isn't a guy to take lightly. So obviously, Aldo had to be as careful as possible, considering the fact that he was on home soil and he wanted him. Uh, he, he has his whole retirement planned out. He wants to fight at UFC 237. So, you know, obviously Jose wants to map out this in the best way, shape and form. And he did that most definitely with his win over, over Moicano. It was an impressive performance. You know, he hurt him. He hit him to the body like he did previously in his last fight with Jeremy Stevens. He looked good. The King of Rio is back. He jumped in the crowd back when, like it was reminisced back to UFC 142 when he knocked out Chad Mendez to retain his belt in the first fight. And he ran into the crowd. I mean, the King of Rio is back yet again. You know, he proves that he is the second best featherweight under Max Holloway. Arguably could be number one. Max could be number two. If you really want to look at it like that, hardcore would put him in there. Um, obviously, Aldo. I mean, said he would like uh, a fight with Anthony Pettis after this, and he said that before this fight. And um, I think uh, it makes most sense. I mean, I'd like to see that fight. I mean, back when Anthony Pettis was a champion at 155 pounds, Jose Aldo was a reigning, defending UFC featherweight champion. They were both on some hot streaks and both on fire at the time. I thought that that would be an excellent um, fight at that time. You know, I thought Jose was unstoppable. So I, I'd always vouch for that fight. I didn't know where or if that was going to happen. It ended up not happening, but, you know, the future is bright. You never say never. That fight could still very easily happen. I mean, for his last two fights in UFC, I think it would be best, or last fights of his career before he retires, if he's necessarily serious about this, I think that, you know, a fight, a couple fights at 155 pounds, you know, have him not cut weight for his last couple fights and, you know, have his performance increased. If anything, look look at the potential performances that he can have. If Jose goes up to 155 pounds and has absolutely uh, a stunning performance at 155 pounds, it's like maybe it's that career rejuvenation that he wants. What if he was an absolute monster at 155 pounds? He could be. I'm not going to say that. I mean, there's a lot of monsters up there right now. And for Jose, I really don't want to see him. You know, go for like, I don't want to see him go for another belt. At this point, he said he wants to retire. So I think the best thing for him to do is take a couple fights at 155 pounds. A fun fight, a couple fun fights. You know, the Pettis fight makes the most sense for him. So I'm not going to, I'm going to jump into that and say directly that's everything that he needs to do. So Aldo versus Pettis next, make it happen. Um, that was a fantastic performance. I'm sure one Connor will definitely be back, but Josie Aldo turns back the clock. Two wins in a row, baby. Beats Jeremy Stevens before that. Um, 
comes in there and beats Hanato Moinkano. So congrats to Jose Aldo. One more fight on here to talk about for this bonus episode. Like I said, thank you guys for joining us in here. Uh, for this, I know I've been in your ear for a very long time already because, you know, all the other episodes and stuff that we've done, but our goal, our objective is to put out more content and that's what I'm doing here. So, uh, one more fight to go. Um, in the main event, it was a rematch between Marlon Marais and Rafael Asuncerras. Asuncerras beating him back in 2017 by split decision. It was Marlon's UFC debut, and as to ever since then, he's, he's racked up three wins in a row, and now he just made it four. Hope that's right. But uh, Marlon Mariah is looking fucking fantastic. You know, his win over Jimmy Rivera, his his knockout over Aljamain Sterling. I mean, he's flatlining dudes left and right. And it was a long discussion between him and Asuncao of who is the next guy who should be fighting for the world title at 135 pounds. You know, it just so happens that this fight happens and Marlon Mariah is definitely proves and establishes his claim to be the number one contender at 135 pounds. I mean, the fantastic performance he had just with the punches alone. He knocked him down with those punches and then he jumps on him with that uh, mounted guillotine choke like Anthony Pettis did to Gilbert Melendez back. I don't really re- I don't remember the UFC. The, the, I just remember he did it, but I don't remember the, exactly. Um, I think it was one. UFC 181 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, where Pettis uh, defeated Melendez. Um, but, you know, it was, it was it was an impressive performance. He heard him, jumped on him, finished him. Easy as that. It was a fantastic performance. Have him fight TJ Dillashaw. And the part that sucks about this whole thing is that um, the fact that Dillashaw came off this loss the loss with Cejudo, as quickly as it happened, it, it really kind of put some salt in some people's mouths, including mine. It's like, I want to pretend it didn't happen, but it's like, in reality, it happened. But yet, it happened so quickly. That's the thing. It happened so quickly, and like, it's like, it wasn't even a fight. It was essentially a sparring session. He jumps off, the referee jumps off, I mean, no, the referee calls it off, and TJ's perfectly fine. And it was an, it was a fun fight. While it lasted, it didn't really last long. It wasn't really even fun, to be honest with you. It was more upsetting than anything. But, you know, I, I like to not think about it like that. I think TJ's still one of the best of all time. I mean, he cut down the flyweight. He took a couple more pounds off of him, 10 more pounds off to make flyweight. And, you know, he was a lot tinier than he normally was. He did say on the Joe, Joe Rogan show that, uh, he was stronger and bigger or weighed more for this fight. I think, or it was like something he's like, he was more, he was, he weighed more in this fight on fight day than he did in his second Cody fight. So it was pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, the whole science behind his whole weight cut and all that that he's been talking about and stuff. But I do believe that TJ is one of the best in the world. And regardless of that fight, I'm not going to try to deter from the, the performances that he's had. He's had fantastic performances up until the Cejudo fight. You know, he hadn't lost um, in a very long time since Dominic Cruz, um, you know, essentially didn't really even lose that fight to a lot of people. So in reality, I mean, it just sucks to see that TJ lost that last one because you look at a fantastic performance like that. And 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 a lot of people are really going to, in a way, probably count TJ out if you're, you're kind of crazy for that. I don't think that's necessary, but 
they're gonna they're gonna count him out. They're gonna doubt him. That's what we are. That's what we signed up for. That's the world of mixed martial arts. That's the fans of mixed martial arts. And uh, I do think that um, it definitely is a um, what is it? It it definitely is like you know short term memory. It, it's basically short term memory when it comes to fight fans. Short term memory. Um, and, you know, they want to forget the accomplishments. I mean, for fuck's sakes, TJ can get cracked by Marlon and get finished. That's a that's a high-quality opponent right there. That's a legitimate contender for your belt. So I'm not saying that Marlon can't win. I'm just saying that people need to forget and not forget about what TJ's accomplished. Because I think TJ can put it on Marlon. I think Marlon can put it on TJ. Marlon's a finisher. He's a He was an excellent champion over in the WSOF. He comes on over to the UFC. He looks fantastic. He's looked amazing. One of the best bantamweights that wasn't in the UFC to finally come to the UFC and have an ultimate success story. Only loss was by split decision in the UFC. He avenged it with this fantastic performance over a Sun Sal. So there's no other better fight for him other than the fight with TJ Dillashaw. Um, like I said, TJ versus a Sun Sal. Or not TJ Sunset, but TJ versus Marias is the fight to make. I don't know if that's the UFC's direction because of all these fucking rematches, all that. As quickly as a Suhudo fight ended, I wish it didn't end that quickly. Um, if they could run that one back, but I don't know if that's going to be next. I mean, Dillashaw seems keen that he wants that rematch. You know, at 125, 135 pounds, I don't know how how the UFC will want to go with that or what the plans would be but the only asterisk in the middle of this the only problem in the middle of this right now that we can't use to clear up that we can't match make because of this reason is because tj we don't know what tj is going to do what would we like to see what's most deserved i mean we, we talked about this in the last episode or so about the deserving versus what's going to get the most money in the seats i'm going to sit i'm going to sit and say that mariah's versus dillashaw will do a lot better I mean, stylistically, I think it's more, way more deserving of a fight. I mean, Cejudo already beat him. And we don't know what's going on with the flyweight division. So we really don't know. It's a mystery. So I really just hope that after today, I mean, TJ versus Mar Marlon Rise is the next fight to make. And I don't want to see anything else. I am i don't know. It's weird. I don't want if we, to. If we see a rematch for those two, I want it to be at 135 pounds. I mean, obviously this whole thing with the, you know, like Cormier, he lost to Jones at light heavyweight. He's not going to fight him at heavyweight. You know, if you beat someone at a particular weight, you know, Connor, he lost to Nate Diaz at 170. He came back, fought him at 170 in the rematch. Wasn't it? Yeah, at 170. He fought him at one. Yeah, he fought him at 170 in the rematch. And, um, so it's about, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just like you lose there. I mean, it's the pride. These guys are very competitive. He lost there. He wants to avenge his loss where he lost that. He doesn't want to fight at 135 pounds against him. He wants to fight him at 125 pounds where you respectively beat him. I like that about TJ. But for me, I do think what's next for Marlon is a title shot and against TJ Dillashaw. I mean, maybe TJ can fight Marlon. He beats Marlon. Rematch with Cejudo. Perfect, make, perfectly makes sense. That's what's next. That's what I feel should happen. Like I said, very fantastic performances. You know, Tiago Alves versus Max Griffin was a good one, too. Um, a couple of really good women's fights, too. Um, a couple split decisions. 
like the Max Griffin Tiago Alves fight was a split decision. A lot of people didn't agree with it. Um, Tiago Alves gets a win and home soil as well. So a lot of the Brazilians look good. Charles Oliveira, like I said, John Johnny Walker, Jose Aldo, Marlon Marias. It was overall a good card in Fortaleza. Um, Michael Bisping making his color commentary debut. He did fucking amazing as always. Um, you know, he was tailor made for that. He did fantastic. Wow. And him alongside, uh, Brendan Fitzgerald. So they both did a fantastic job and it was a great card. Great card. I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, we put out a lot of shows, um, in the last week or so. So probably like three shows in the last week. But this was a post fight. This was a pre. This was not a preview, but this is a, a bonus content episode added to it. So I will be titled episode one hundred and uh, what is it? One hundred and seventy. What is one seventy five? Yeah. So when you're looking at it, it's gonna be underneath the last episode. One hundred seventy five is the last episode I just put out. But a hundred episode episode one hundred and seventy five bonus. Or I could just call it episode 176. But, I mean, if I really want to get closer to episode 200, I might as well say that. So, um, I think I'm just going to put it under bonus content. Just just because it, you know, it was, it, it, it was two podcasts in one day. I mean, maybe so. But I like to put it under, like, bonus content. So, it'll be under uh, episode 175 bonus content. Um, be sure to check it out. Like I said, um, thank you guys for tuning in. This was a quick show. We just want, I just quickly wanted to recap the fights. I'm spent. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. We had a lot of shows, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shows this week. I mean, we had the episode 173, five days ago, six days ago, we had episodes 172. Um, then we had episode 173, 74, 75, episode 176 now. Yes, you want to might as well might as well put it under there. So like I said, this is Gabriel Hernandez. Um, you guys know where to find me at G the King underscore MMA on Twitter. Follow my Twitter feed. I'm very entertaining. I retweet a lot of shit. Um, follow me on Instagram. Same handle at G the King underscore MMA. Our podcast page on Instagram at G Meeker MMA show. Facebook.com slash Gaby Baby one, two, three. Um, if you're a Snapchatter, at G Meeker underscore MMA, the solely, uh, the, the, the lone wolf when it comes to G Meeker underscore MMA. Notice I changed my handle. I just thought, I just thought of it and I thought it was cool, but the name of the podcast will stand. The name of, pod, of the podcast will stay. So like I said, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast. Um, looking at Google Podcasts as we speak. Apple Podcasts for iPhone users, um, castbox.fm or visit us directly on the anchor website at www.anchor.fm slash g meeker mma show and one last thing before we go if you want to create your own podcast it's easy as one two three visit www.anchor.fm slash start basically all you need email account password special characters a good voice and some beautiful artwork for your podcast description and the whole nine yards. Easy as that. Create a podcast today. Anchor.fm slash start, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys all for joining us for all the episodes. Episode 172, episode 173, 4, and episode 175, folks. We're putting out more content. We're going to be a lot more fired up. You guys are going to find out who I truly am. And earlier, episode 175 wasn't even about fights. That's the best part about it. We talked about everything else but that. 
I mean, check it out for sure. Um, I we talked about whole society, you know how social media has affected uh, us in a negative and positive way. You know, finding solutions to living in a peaceful life in a world of negativity and negative people and all that, and it's just helpful. And you know, even even not just being an MMA show, we can be uh, a counseling show too if you really want, if you think about it. But yeah, I'm excited for that. We're definitely going to be putting out more content, folks. I'm really excited. Um, I'm thankful for everybody that tuned in, um, who is tuning in. I'm thankful all the listeners and everybody following me on Instagram. All you guys are amazing. This is Gabriel Hernandez signing off, folks. And I promise, I've said this three fucking times, I will be back next week. No more episodes unless a meteor comes in and something fucking crazy happens. We will be back next week. G Meeker MMA out. And we'll be back in the middle of the week because more shit will come out and we'll be along. So so next week, enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. And uh, have a good fucking night. Stay safe during the storm. G Meeker MMA out, baby.